What's up, nerds? Welcome back to Nerds of the Roundtable podcast. I am Antonio Padilla. With me, as always, is Cliff Miller. Today we have a special episode, another installment in the Secret Origins series. Today we have a special guest. Uh, She is a best-selling author, most known for the Art of DS series and the Chapter 8 series. Everybody, please give a round of applause to Miss Ella Dominguez. So, welcome to the show. Uh, it's, uh, I believe this is your first podcast, is it not? It is. So bear with, <laughs> so bear with me, please. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're still, uh, we had some technical difficulties before we started, but everything seems to be running smooth now. So, By technical difficulties, he means that I couldn't get my shit together. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> So, all right. So um, let's just get right into it. For the people out there listening, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell tell us, tell them a little bit about yourself? Uh, I am an independently published author um, going on, oh, six and a half years now. Um, I have always been a writer, you know, just sort of on my own and never did anything with it. And uh, once... I know this is the dreaded the Fifty Shades of Grey came out. Um, I know that's <laughs> that's sort of one of those touchy subjects. People either love it or hate it. But um, right. for me, for me, it was also a love hate relationship because I loved the story, but I, being an avid reader, I hated the way it was written. But mm-hmm. what it did for me was it inspired me to publish my own writings. It was like, hey, I've been writing this stuff, you know, in, in secret for years now. (laughs) So, so it was like, uh, I might as well try it. And so I just dove, you know, headfirst into learning absolutely everything I could about indie publishing and, you know, of um, independent publishing has changed completely since then. I got in on the wave of 50 shades of gray. So my sort of mid list author, you know, success came from that and me, you know, not everybody was doing it. Now everybody, you know, everybody and their dog, if they want to write a book, they write a book. But right. <laughs> but at the, but at the time, you know, it it was still fairly new. It only been around for maybe a year or two really. And yeah. so so now, you know, that's just I've sort of backed off a little bit from doing it because it's so difficult to get traction now with new books being that there's just so much out there so mm-hmm, i'm just yeah. sort of keeping my head down and writing and as with all things it sort of comes and goes and waves so hopefully you know sales and everything will pick back up eventually yeah yeah i i totally understand and you know for uh, listeners out there it's it i should probably mention that uh, myself and Ella, we we've known each other for a very long time, <laughs> and it, you know it. Again, I'm just I'm I'm very glad that you decided to come on the show because I really want to help get the word out on you and your career and and all your projects because I've gotten a close up look at sort of your process and I've read your work uh, even though you didn't want me to. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, um, you know, I, I always say this to people when I'm talking about your your writing and your work is, you know, maybe maybe the content isn't your cup of tea, but 
you have such a unique voice when it comes to writing and the way you write your characters and dialogue and just uh, the way you describe things is (laughs) very very unique. (laughs) It's very graphic. (laughs) Yes. It is very very graphic, but also, you know, it's just, you are very descriptive and that really helps to paint a picture. So anytime I've read anything you wrote, it was very easy for me to sort of get lost in your writing you know, fleshing out the world in my head and, you know, who these characters are, what they're doing, why they're doing it. And so, yeah, I always tell people, like, even if this isn't, like I said, if this isn't your, if this isn't necessarily something you're into, just give it a, give it a try because it, it's a very different experience, especially, you know, I wasn't expecting, I hate to say this, but I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I and but I don't know how I, I feel I that yeah, and I don't know how I feel that you enjoyed it, but <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate. Believe me, it. I don't know how I feel that I enjoyed it either, but <laughs> but I did, and I, I genuinely and honestly did. So I always tell people about your work and your your books, because like I said before, I do want to try and get the word out. Well, thank so. you very much. I appre- I do. I appreciate that. You know. Um, my process is very by the seat, of, you know, very by the seat of my pants. I don't plot anything. <laughs> yeah. Overall, overall, I don't plot things the way um, a lot of authors do. Right. And not not, not I, the traditional style. Yes. And, you know, I wish that I could write something that is mainstream and sweet romance. And I have tried. Lord knows I have tried to write <laughs> that book. But I right. just, it doesn't feel genuine to me. And Mm -hmm. it was a struggle, you know, to sort of leave out the majority of the curse words or the, Mm -hmm. the sexual innuendo. Um, I guess I should say I write erotic romance or um, psychological thrillers, you know, twisty, dark romance is what I write. Mm -hmm. And and so when I tried to write, you know, sweet romance that they make the movies after it just, (laughs) I can't do it. I've tried and, it comes off to me as fake and it i think it would it would be a disrespectful to my fans to mm-hmm. put something like that out because they would know that this is this is phony this is not who they, you know so i just i don't even yeah. try anymore but it makes yeah i i agree uh, oh go ahead cliff i was it makes sense it sounds like and i i i've literally been like researching and just kind of getting a getting an understanding like who you are as a writer but even like you were just saying like your fans like know your language and I know like going through and just even reading like some of the reviews from like Amazon like clearly if you're a 50 shades of gray person you're you're not going to be like a becoming sir kind of person only because like you know I don't know. It's the way you said like the writing of it is very and I know from 50 shades of gray it's it's very I don't kid follow. I don't want to say it like that, but it kind of feel like you're like, oh, simple language. We can keep going through. But the way you go into details and stuff like that, just based on some of the reviews and some of the little bit of samples that I don't read, it's clear like you have a passion for it. And it's kind of funny that you were talking about switching over to like more kind of like a romantic rom com kind of like detail. Like if if it's not in your wheelhouse, clearly 
you're you know you like you said it's just gonna be fake and people are gonna see through it and you're you're just gonna end up hurting your credibility so you know props to you for wanting to stay your lane because you understand what your readers want and what they what they do you know it's it's it would be like if Stephen King was to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to write comic books from now on. We're like, no, no, dude. Just <laughs> just stay in a novel lane. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, he is one of my favorite authors. Surprisingly, yeah, yeah. I, I, I grew up reading um, horror, true mm-hmm. crime, um, and uh, thrillers. So for me, I, look, I would love to be able to write a horror story, but I just – as much as I love those books, I don't know the first thing about how to write a horror book. I love them, though. I just absolutely love them. I never read romance and I, until I was in my late 30s. I just never – I wrote romance-ish. I mean, I, it's so weird for me to say romance because, yes, my books have love and, you know, sweet moments, but I really don't consider my books romantic. They're they're dark and they're twisty and the relationships are sort of, you know, difficult. It's a struggle yeah. for them. It's like a real You life. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I never read that. And when I read my first like intimate scene, I was like, what? <laughs> like, oh my God, people are like, look, I've seen porn. I've seen plenty of porn. Okay. <laughs> but to write it out As in the description. Yes. You know what I mean? To, to, to put it into words, I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm totally in this. <laughs> like, this is my yeah. thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And that's sort of the thing for me, too. Like, you know, I, I do, uh, I write as well. Um, nothing published yet, but. Um, yes, I'm still you know, waiting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the thing for me, too, is like sometimes when I get to, and again, this just goes into like what what you're comfortable doing maybe versus what you're not comfortable doing. Like I, I can't write those sort of things. The kind of things that you write, you're so good at it that anytime I try to, I'm like, mm, nah, this isn't, this isn't what I do. Sorry. So. I know, and you know what? Like I said, when I try to leave that, I, I look, I can leave that stuff out. It's mm-hmm. not a problem. I tried that with Be- becoming sir, which is one of my um, two bestsellers. And um, like my big bestsellers, and mm-hmm. I left I left out scenes what I what are called um, fade to black, mm. and and my my readers were ticked. Like the first <laughs> reviews that started coming in, and the first messages that started coming in were like, "What the hell?" Like you led up to the wow. scene, and then and then you didn't finish it. You know where's the rest <laughs> of it? Like we wanted the gory details and I was like, okay. So I went back and, and finished out the scenes that I had left out and then just republished it. Yeah. 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 I remember you talking to me about that and yeah, I mean, but I mean, that's also what um, I really respect about you is that you do listen to your fans, you know, and when they have, when they say things like that to you, it's like, you know, you, yeah. You will you know, go in and be like, all right, fine, here it is. This is what you wanted, here it is. So. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, it was my fans that that demanded a book, too, for the Chapter 8 series. It was just going to be a standalone book, and it was going to end, you know, mm-hmm. very dramatically with um, her just sort of I, – I don't want to give any spoilers, but with yeah, her just yeah. – with the main hero or uh, heroine just sort of – ending things 
you never get a resolution to it. There's no happy ending. And I was happy with that. I love a good movie that just really movie or a book that just fucks with people where you leave them where you, where it just leaves them either pissed off or raw and emotional and mm -hmm. so i was yeah. gonna leave it like that i i wrote the ending like this is it she leaves him end of story and um my beta readers i had a big group of beta readers they were like absolutely not absolutely <laughs> not like it, there was like revolt you know, like, this is not, you're, you're, you're joking, right? I was like, shit, I wasn't pre really prepared. And that was the same for the art of DS. I had just planned on writing one book. That ended up being four books, five books, now that I think about it. So, yeah. you you know, if, if the readers want it, it's like, who am I to say, I'm just going to end it. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, yeah. yes, yes, they're my characters, but I also... Look, I got into this because I'm a people pleaser. I, and yes, I love to write, but I want to share my stories. I'm not, I know a lot of writers are like, well, I could take it or leave it. You know, I'm writing for me. Mm -hmm. And I am to a certain extent, but I am writing for my fans. So. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I totally, like I said, I respect that about you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, you're talking about the, Art of DS. That's how many did you say? There's five books in that series. Yeah, there's five. There's more to come too. Oh, oh wow! Wow. Oh, see, I did. I did not know that. <laughs> I mean, yes. So, and I, you know, I'm in the process of rewriting them. I unpublished them about, gosh, two years ago. I unpublished mm. the whole series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. To rewrite them from first person to third person, which has just been, if I could go back and not do it, I would go back and not do it because it's just been daunting. And so I'm just about to republish book two in rewritten form. Oh, wow. But you know what? That was more for me because they read like a freshman attempt at, 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 at writing a book. And I wasn't happy okay. with it. And, and it, it was painful for me to read my own work. So so essentially what you're doing is you're, you're taking the George Lucas approach and you're just completely, <laughs> you've, yes. got, you've gone back and, and like you saw the, the, the cracks in the walls and you're yes. like, I need to fix this. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. And so, of course, you know, a book that, that the original book written in first person, the first mm -hmm. book, The Art of Submission, um, was I want to say it was like 95,000 words or something like that. So I know 95,000 words, you figured the average novel is around, they say between around 70 and 80,000 words. So it, it was, you know, it was a hefty novel, but not anything. Really going for that overachiever award. Yeah. Well, because I, <laughs> because I rewrote it, I had to add things to it because I'm writing it right. in third, third person. It's well over 115,000 words. Jeez. I know it's it's insane. So now the second book, which was originally like 100 already at 105,000 words, right. by the time I'm done, I'm embarrassed to even say it. It's like the length of two novels. It's like going to be 150,000 words. It has turned wow. in from like it's turned into like a saga, you know? It's, it's, yeah, that sounds beastly oh my god 
I'm like, really? Are all these words just floating in my head? Good God. I need to get well, a different hobby are. or something. <laughs> no, stay with this hobby. For <laughs> <laughs> real, because like, I think you're doing a great job, so. And then the third book, I can't even think that far ahead. It just, it just makes me want to just like crawl under the bed with a bottle of like tequila and the dildo. So I'm just like, I can't, I, I can't think about <laughs> I just can't. I can't think about it. Get drunk and bang myself, you know, because it just is so just so scary. <laughs> I think we found the title for this episode: a bottle of tequila and a dildo. So, <laughs> yes. I like it. This is fantastic. I love it. This is the kind of episode I've been waiting to record for a while. So, so thank you, thank you. Oh wow, we can really. I feel like we can just say whatever we want at this point. So. Uh, yeah. I'm telling you, I, yeah, I'm, you know, I sort of miss, I'm missing that brain mouth filter. I, I won't oh, even yeah. dare go back and re-listen to this because I'll be like, oh my God, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, maybe you shouldn't, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> this is a fun so, episode okay, so far. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not even, uh, we're not even that far in and my God. This, this we haven't even hit the 30 minute mark. <laughs> Yeah, and it feels like we're already seven shots in, so <laughs> Woo! <laughs> let's do it. Finish this bottle. Okay, gotta so... Get the, gotta get the worm at the bottom. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about tequila, so you gotta get that worm. That's right. All the worms. And Ella, I know you're all about that worm, so... I love... Okay, look. You know I love tequila. <laughs> tequila is my jam, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I do know that, yes. <laughs> Okay, so let, let's let's just keep this going. I want to keep going. This is great energy. So, all right. So we talked about how you got into into self publishing. We've talked about this mammoth uh, project that you've put upon yourself. I know. Uh, what rewriting, an idiot. rewriting, and I, I mean, look, look. I, I I know you you said you kind of regret it, but I mean, it's, look. You know, it, but they read so much better. I'm not afraid to go back and read some of my, oh, some, yeah, of, yeah, no, some of the yeah. books, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. And all the things, all the negative reviews that I got, um, I've addressed all those issues because it was, it was all about my, my editing. Look, if I could go back and do it all over again, I would, I mean, I really went into this thing just sort of just, I just jumped into it. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I did my research as best as I could, but it's not like it is now. There wasn't this wealth of information for new authors. And I sort of put this book out there, basically unedited, um, no beta readers. It just, it was awful, you know, and, and revision after revision after revision, just updating it. And to finally now, you know, six, going on six and a half years later, now it's a mm -hmm. book that I can gen, genuinely say I'm proud of it. I'm proud of, you know, what I, the work that I've put into it. Every, God, God dang it, you know me fighting over words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> take out the word the, take out uh, the word the. It's like, who cares? <laughs> Nobody cares about that damn word. If an hour yeah. later, I'm putting in the word the again. I'm, you know, I'm battling. Do I put the the or not? It's like nobody cares. Yeah, I mean, like totally. Like um, people who are listening, like I've I've been in the room with you 
<laughs> like trying to help you like oh i don't know if this reads right or maybe you should add something here or there but yeah like it always comes down to you know you're just rereading the same sentence over and over again like I'm fighting with a sentence right and yes. yeah yeah and you'll fight with it for you'll waste an entire night on yes. one sentence it happens to all of us and um, i'll go but... back to it i'll i'll try to fight through it and then you know and that's what my beta readers are really good for so the sentence that I've been fighting with, you know, I'll send it off to my beta readers. And I have one who's particularly really, really good. She's a, she's a, a teacher and mm. uh, she'll read it and she'll just like whip out some amazing sentence. I'm like, she just puts me to shame. I'm like, how did she come? <laughs> yes, that's what I was trying to say, you know, God. <laughs> you know, yeah. she's, so, she's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, you know, like I was saying, I, talking about your fans or your beta readers or, you know, it's, it's always good to have people like that, that you can, you know, like, even if you just have other people you collaborate with, it's always, sometimes you need that to just bounce an idea off of somebody else and maybe have them come in and be like, hey, uh, maybe you were just looking at it the wrong way, you know? Yes, you, yeah, I know a lot of um, authors do not use beta readers, but I really think I don't want to knock anybody's process because, you know, each to their mm. own. But right. I really think they're doing themselves a disservice by not getting outside input um, about their book before they publish it. Because the things that I think are okay, I, I miss a lot of stuff. And my beta readers are so good to, to you know, sort of fix the mistakes that I make in like maybe a plot hole or, or something that I think may be funny. And they're like, I don't get it. You know, I mean, <laughs> that happens a lot, <laughs> you know, that happens yeah. a lot for me. And oh, so yeah. I wish I, I really wish they would, the people who don't use those beta readers would at least give it a try. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you know, I, I, I agree just from some of the things you've told me about them. Like, um, before, you know, before we go off on a tangent here, like, I kind of want to have you give a little sort of uh, behind the scenes peek, if you will, because we're, we're using a lot of like slang and lingo here. And you and I know what it means. But I, in case the, the listeners don't mm -hmm. know, like, explain to them what a beta reader is. So a beta reader is, um, um, a reader who oh, gets, How was your day? you'll send them your book. Some people, uh, some authors will send it as they're writing it. That's how I do it. Um, or when they're finished writing their rough draft. And these readers will read your book in the raw form and give you your their feedback. They'll, you know, some of them will take the time to sort of edit it before you actually yeah. send it to your editor like you know you need a comma here the basic on. stuff you left out a word here oh, yeah. but they're the ones who are Shape your first readers Amazon. they're the ones going to tell you um, i hate this character i love I this character you need to write more about this you don't need this in there this is just you know um wasted wasted words you don't you don't really need this because I, I have a tendency to over describe um, things and so they'll be like yes. you don't need all that and so that beta reader is the first reader to get their hands on your book and they do it for free these are just people who love to read 
Um, like and and uh, they give you their first feedback. Yeah, and you know, I you know, that's exactly what they are. For anybody who didn't know, and you heard us saying beta reader, beta readers, and all that. So, yeah, and um, I kind of agree with you when you're saying like you know, um, more authors should probably. I mean, because like you said, it's they do it for free, and that's a free resource that, you know, why not take advantage of it? So, mm-hmm. yeah, especially if it's going to help, if it's going to help your your book. I, I mean, it's I help the final product be better. Yes, and know, it does. Why, it why absolutely not? does. I can tell you, my beta readers have saved me, and I have such great beta readers. And it took me years, years to. Um, get the group of beta readers that I have. And I understand that it's a frustrating process to find good beta readers. I struggled for probably, let's see, six and a half years, probably four of those years trying to find a good, solid group who would follow through and send me the notes on time um, and just do what they say they're going to do. You know, some of them send such vague vague notes. I I don't send my my book to a beta reader to get nothing but praise. I don't need someone Mm. to to say, I I love it. I love all your work. Give me a pat on the back. I don't need that. I need someone who's going to give me honest feedback. You know, this this stinks. I hate this. You know, this is this Mm. is not a great way to say it. Um, you know, my, my ego is a little fragile, so I ask him not to be too brutal, but But to be honest with me, so it, it's not doing me any good to for them to hold my hand and pat me and say, "Oh, I love it." You know, I want to know genuinely what they think of it. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. You know, a lot of the times people people think like they're either afraid to let you really know what they think, right? You know, but you go to people because you need you need honesty. You know, honesty is the key. Yes, because and I'm telling you. Oh, go ahead. I would say, I'm telling you, because if one beta reader points something out, a thousand people are going to think the same thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't help anybody if you're kind of holding back what you really feel. Right. You know? So, yeah, um, like I said, I feel like this is a, a, a resource that if you're not taking advantage of it, like, you know, you definitely should, because I, I know like how much it has been helpful to you and you know you're you're just how much you've talked to me about it like i know how uh how important it is to you and your work yeah and i wish i was better at gosh i'm you know i'm such a terrible author at being organized i know there's an easier better way to publish a book, I just, you'd think after six and a half years, I would have my shit together, but I just, I just do it so by the seat of my pants, you know, (laughs) that I'm sending them chapters at a time, just chapters, a chapter here, a chapter there. And they're so patient with me. You know, you get these great authors who, who write and finish a whole book, just sit down and write and finish a whole book. And they send the whole book to the beta reader. I that is not me. Oh God, I wish I could do that, but yeah, so, I don't so I've get got, how those people do it. Yeah, and so I've got a really patient group of beta readers, and they they generally keep me on track too. Like, hey, it's been a few weeks; we haven't gotten any new chapters. What's the deal? 
You know, like, hey, we're wait, we're waiting here. Hello. They're <laughs> like so, junkies. They need that fix. Yes, and that's where they're like, and you hey, sort of left me on got, a cliff here. You got any more of them chapters? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you've literally left them hanging on the cliff. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, man. Like, that's, you know, you were saying, like, I don't understand those people who can just sit there and pound out an entire novel. I've done it. I look, I've done it. But, but how I, often I don't, have you done it? Exactly. You know, <laughs> I I can yeah. think of maybe I have twenty one published books, and I can think maybe maybe two or three times I've done that. I wrote a novella in one sitting. God, I wish I had that momentum again. A whole sitting, yeah. like from sunrise to sunset. I sat down and yes. I wrote it. Yeah, I've only done that once as well, and that was when I was really young <laughs> you know and I was super motivated to write I remember I locked myself in my room and uh I, it was kind of the opposite it was from the time the sun went down to the time the sun came up yeah and I had an entire thing just finished and I was like oh my god you know and I was so proud of it I had to go show it to everybody but yeah, yeah I've only I, ever been able to do that once so yeah I wish I could do it again but Sat, yeah, yeah I sat, sat down and wrote like 17,000 words in a day. Uh, so yeah. just so you just so you know, when I'm in, on a writing jag, my average word count is around 3,000 words a day. And so to sit down and to write out 17,000 words. And then I got it to my beta readers. They got it right back to me. I had that book published, written and published in a week. Jesus. I know, right? <laughs> Like I wish That's I could insane. do that. I know. That's like my editor, right my my editor got it right back to me because it was fairly short. And that's another one of them. That's one of my best selling ones. That one's been out forever. Yeah. It, um, I got to kind of backtrack a little bit. How many books did you say you have published? Twenty one. Twenty one. I know. Over that's the... over six and a half years, but that's not that many. I, I feel so ashamed of it. Oh, like uh, <laughs> that's that's more than I've got. So twenty one. You know, you get these prolific authors who've got hundreds of books, and they've been writing as long as me. Oh, I'm I'm go Yeah, I'm going for that. I'm trying. Yeah, uh, because it's it's not like the ideas aren't in my head. Oh, I know. I know you've got ideas. Yeah, like, it, it's there's just a, a matter idea that you've been talking about for what, like two years now? And I, I don't see it anywhere. So I'm I waiting know. on that one. Gosh darn it. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about too. So do I? Oh my gosh. I've got so many new ideas. I, give me a hint. Give me a hint. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to tell, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, Toro Canyon. Oh God. Yes. That one. I'm telling you <laughs> that one is like, okay. So after I finished the rewrite that I'm working on, mm -hmm. um, I, I absolutely have to finish the second book in my duet because people are actually like messaging me. They're starting to get angry about it. Like <laughs> it's been a few years yeah. and we need the, the last book. So I'm going to get that one out and then it's Toro Canyon. I'm telling you, those characters are like pissed at me. They're like, and I, <laughs> and, and, but I want to keep them you know, flowing through my head mm -hmm. because if I've made the mistake of shutting out my characters where I'm mm -hmm. just like, I don't have time for you. I just, I've got too much on my plate. And then they go silent. 
And that's even more scary than having them constantly in my head because yeah. look, it, that silence, that silence is scary as hell. It's frightening. Yeah. It is frightening because look, I like the voices in my head. Okay. <laughs> so I'm friends with the voices in my head. And so um, when they go quiet, it's like, I'm afraid they're not going to come back. And so yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, do that that's anymore. Ne that's never good. So yeah, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Cause um, like, you know, obviously you and I've had this conversation before, but I really, I want to let the listeners uh, get a peek into the, cause this uh, deals directly with your process of writing my process as well, you know, it, so when we talk about the voices, don't get us wrong. We're not, cr well, we're a little crazy, we're a but, little we're crazy, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but we're not that crazy. Uh, it's, you know, um, they're not telling me to, the way... yeah, they're not telling me to hurt people. They're telling me to <laughs> like write things that turn people well, on. <laughs> maybe to hurt them, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, the way it works and, you know, and I know this is how it works for you. It's, you know, you'll, you'll hear the characters voices in your head. Mm -hmm. And you'll start to get an understanding of who these characters are and the world that they inhabit and their history. And that kind of informs the story that they're about to go on. And that's also why myself, you as well, you know, because you're listening to these voices and they've got a story to tell, but it doesn't always come out linearly. Right. So like. It doesn't. It <laughs> so sometimes, so sometimes you'll get like day number four, yeah, and then you'll get day number ten before you get day number one. Yeah, my my <laughs> story, my stories always start with the ending. I always come up with some yeah. wicked, twisted ending, and then mm -hmm. and then the beginning, and then the middle of it starts sort of starts to filter in. Yeah, and so that's. It by my outline, which is not really an outline, I think I've shown showed you. It's oh, yeah, no it, it's it's notes. <laughs> it's just basically when there's dialogue or a scene going in my head, I, I have to write it down. And yeah, I try to Right. I try to get it in some sort of order. Like I know this is somewhere at the beginning. I know this mm -hmm. one's somewhere in the middle or the end. And then as I get more of these scenes, I, I start to try to put it in some sort of order and then basically yeah. I just fill in the blanks. Yeah. And that that's, yeah, that's exactly how it is for me as well. Like you, when you start getting a dialogue going between multiple characters, sometimes you have to get that dialogue onto the page. And for me, you know, I don't think you ever saw it, but like, I know I told you about it. Like I've got like, you know, the bulletin board and I've got just notes pinned into it. And it become it kind of looks like a crazy person putting together a conspiracy, <laughs> like where there's the, the the thread right running across the board, and it's like, and this goes here, and this is yes. what caused this yeah. incident over here. So this moves around over here, and I just turn into a crazy person talking to myself. And <laughs> so. yes, and if and if I try to talk to people about it, even if it's just an emotional scene, like I get choked up talking about it. Oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's it's happened in my head already. They've already, my characters have been hurt and I, oh, feel, yeah. I feel their pain and people genuinely look at you like <laughs> you're out of your damn head, you know, <laughs> but I have to exactly. tell you in, in the seminars that I've gone to over the years and the writers conferences and sitting in on um, the Q and A's with like a panel of authors, 
that is a running theme. I remember mm. the first time I sat in on a panel of authors who were talking about the voices. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, the, these are my people, they get it. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain that to someone who doesn't experience that without coming off sounding like you're genuinely just out of your head. And yeah, so to, it, to hear them talking about it, it just I felt I, I, I'm I'm not as crazy as I thought I was, because I have to tell you, there was a time in my life where I really thought, I don't know what to do with all of this. It's before I was really writing it all down. It was just mm -hmm. stories were going through my head, beginning to end stories. And I didn't know yeah. what to do. I didn't know what to do with it. I, it didn't occur to me to really start writing it down. Um, and once I did start writing it down, it was sort of this release of like, okay, at least I'm getting it out. Yeah. And doesn't you know? that feel good? Yes, absolutely. It feels so gratifying to get all that out. Um, and like you were saying earlier, like I don't think people understand the power of our imaginations and the stories that we tell because I totally relate and identify with what you said. Like, you know, like in your head, these characters have gone through hell. Yeah. And I'll be writing a scene, and I'll be choking up crying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, in I've front sat... of my monitor, and I'm just like, oh, my God, why am I doing this to these people? They deserve so much better. And I'm just <laughs> crying. Yes, and you can't change the course. Look, I've tried no, to can't. change the course. Like, I just, I can't let it end like this. And my characters are like, this is how it ends. Yeah, you, know, you, ha you have like, to. This is how it has to go. This is the, the only logical outcome, and anything else would be disingenuous. So, it's yes, funny because it sucks, but we have to do it. It's funny listening to you guys talk right now, and the way you guys are talking about your scenes and how you guys put the order together. It makes me feel like I'm like watching that movie uh, Memento, <laughs> just like yeah, listening to yes, it's so together. Good. It's yeah. so. <laughs> It's so awesome. It's like it's like one of those those journeys that you get to join on it and you just hey, just sit back and enjoy the ride and watch everybody talk and it's so cool like to listen to everything get put together cuz and then and then in instances I feel like I'm like I feel like listening to you talk right now is like watching Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino put his movies together. I'm just like the endings at the beginning, the beginning somewhere in there, and then we're just gonna put the rest of the film together. I'm like, yes, I love this. Like 100, I'm gonna enjoy this every 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 bit. <laughs> yeah, that is, and it's, that is how it feels too. It really does, yeah. Because like you know, like Ella was saying, like a lot of the times it does start with the ending. I'm not gonna lie, a lot of my stories start with the ending as well, and. Oh, especially the the one story I'm still waiting for you to write. Like you know what that ending is, and I know what that ending is too. And, Toro, and that's Toro why, Canyon. Yeah. Yes. Oh and yes, I, I know. That's that's why I'm so excited. Oh for it. God! Uh, <laughs> see, even now, it's still. Oh God! Don't get me started. Look, <laughs> I, I still don't want it to end that way, and I'm still fighting with it because I'm like, I, it doesn't have to end that way. It doesn't oh, have. It doesn't have it does. to end that way. And when, you know, I lost a beta reader when I didn't actually like lose her, but she opted out of beta reading that, oh, that series. Real? Yes, she opted out of read, reading that series oh, because man. Well, of you, that ending. 
because no, I wanted to let them know. It means no, it's going to piss off. Means, it means it's going to piss off a lot of people. Is what it means. Yes, and that means you have to do it. But look, here's the you thing. Have to. Like sometimes one, you have to be de divisive like that. It's one the, of the only way to yes. be an, an artist. Like, come on. One of the best pieces of advice I ever read um, about writing was from Stephen King. And the, uh, mm -hmm. the name of the book is On Writing, On Writing by Stephen King. And it's sort of his take on giving advice. It's a really great book. And he said, you have to write as though you, you have to write for yourself. You, you have to write as though your mother's never going to read it. Your grandmother's never going to read it. Your mm -hmm. pastor's never going to read it. <laughs> and you have to push your readers out of their comfort zone. If it makes you uncomfortable yeah. to write it, it's going to make them uncomfortable to read it. And readers will tell you they like to stay in their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But the truth is the most memorable books are the ones that push you out of your comfort zone. Yes. And That's so exactly what I'm saying. That's why yes. you have to do it. Oh God. I, don't, I can't, I can't because I, I, I have to tell this story real quick. Cause, um, there was someone, um, an ex-girlfriend of mine, long story, let's not get into that. Uh, but we were talking because she was also a writer. And so, you know, I was talking to her about character, character arcs and story. And I was telling her particularly this one story. And she was like, why, why do you have to torture these characters so much? Why can't they just be happy? And I was like, because if they're happy, that's when you have to destroy them. <laughs> All right? like, There's this no isn't story Disney. there. Everybody's happy. I had to really hammer that point home. Like, if everybody's happy, then you're doing something very wrong. So <laughs> be like, I, I have do to like... I do like to give my characters a happily ever after to a degree. So what I like to call it is my happy for now. So yeah. it will end. I can get behind that. Where there's there's a little bit of hope for them to overcome challenges. But mm -hmm. I also like an open-ended book. And I like to read those yeah. kinds of books so I can make up my own ending. And I want my readers. So if they want, if they want the happily ever after, I've left it open enough that then that's how it ends for them, you know? But if someone is just like, I hate this character and I wished he would have died, well, then in your world, he would have died, you know? <laughs> yeah. And can I, can I say something real quick? I want to I put this out there for the listeners um, because I know I've told you this in person. But one of the things I love about your writing is, and, you know, I'm, I'm by no means an expert in everything you've written, but from what I have read... One of the things I love is, for the most part, your characters are kind of uh, dirtbags. <laughs> like, Asshole assholes. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're not the most likable people in the world. But that's what I like about them. So you know, like I totally get, like you know, like you said, like if in your head if you want this character to like walk off a cliff or whatever, as soon as the book ends, go ahead and have that be your head cannon. But, you know, but I, that's the thing. That's something I love about your writing. 
and I, you know, like I said, I've told you this before. Um, I can't remember that what the book was exactly. I think it was Altered State. It probably uh, was, that, was that the one you sent me. Like, um, you you sort of sent me uh, an advanced. It was like what the first three chapters uh, of it. Yeah, I think it is that one. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember <laughs> again. Um, there was a girl that I was involved with at the time and I was talking to her about you and you know I was like she's a writer and she just sent me this thing and I'm reading it and she was like oh what does she write and I was like here I'll just let you read it yourself that, one is, <laughs> that one's a what I call it's it's a mind fuck it's oh yeah it's one of those twisty dark ones where you don't like any of the characters in the beginning. I mean, I wrote them oh, all oh, yes. so that that you do, you hate the husband. Mm -hmm. You abs of course you hate the mistress, mm -hmm. and you're just irritated. You're irritated I, with I, the wife. I kind of liked the mistress. I know you did. Me. You but did what is, like. What does that What does that say about me? That <laughs> I was like, I like this girl. She's I, she's all right. <laughs> here's the thing. I loved her. I loved that character because man, she was resilient as hell. She was, yeah. I, and I think that's what I liked about her. You know, she she didn't take she didn't take shit from anybody. You know, like she and she wasn't afraid to 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 tell people, hey, you know, fuck off or whatever. Right. So, you know, like, and that's what I liked about her. She was tough, and you know, she didn't she didn't put up with anything from anybody. And so, by um, the end of the book, at the same I, time. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. By the end of the book, it was that that flip by about the 70% mark in the book, that was where the mind fuck came. And mm -hmm. so all these characters you hated, now you like one, the one you hated you like, and the one that you really hated, now you're like, I get it. And the other one you're like, you feel sorry for. So I love that. Yeah. Though. Yeah. And I, I love that too. You know, like I love when, cause there's a, there's a movie, I don't know what it was, but the, it has a similar twist in it towards the end where the person you thought was the hero is actually the villain and the person you thought was the villain was actually the hero. Right. And that was like a big like, what? When did yeah. this happen? Like, because you start backtracking like, wait a minute, when did this, when did this role reversal happen? So yeah, yeah I, I got, love stuff like that. Yeah, I got the best beta notes because I actually sent that out to other authors and I got mm -hmm. the best notes as people started reading it. Like my um, my message box started filling up with just the most amazing messages of like, "What the fuck did you just do to me? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is going on? Are you kidding me?" And I just I loved it. Like, like come in at like three in the morning. So that means to me mm. they couldn't put that book down. They're reading this book at three in the morning, and they read it and they get done and they're like, "What the fuck." <laughs> They were they were so in turmoil that they couldn't even resist messaging me at three in the morning. Just right away, like, like I love what you. Is this? What did you do? Like I love you. I hate you. You know, and so <laughs> that's sort of what I anticipate with Toro Canyon. Oh, oh for sure. It's I guarantee you, it's going to be at, at least ten times more intense than that. Oh God, <laughs> I, oh, I still am undecided. I just. Look, there's a way for me. There's a workaround. There's look. There's a workaround. Do not change a thing about it because uh, it'll still end that way. But it's gonna end that way, 
ambiguously so that if you don't read the details close enough, <laughs> it will be a happily ever after. But if you're re and readers are so savvy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. you, so if you don't the want subtle implication of it, yes, the subtle implication yeah. so that if they really do read into it, they're going to get it. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. I can get behind that. I can. So I mean, then I I'm wish you would just put it out in, in everybody's oh gosh, face. I know. But... <laughs> I, I don't know that I can do that. But I mean, you know, it's your, this is your art. I'm just, I'm just giving you my opinions, my thoughts. Although, okay, although I'm <laughs> saying if I do end it that way, mm -hmm. that could lead to even more books. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Like, okay. that's kind of what, what made me excited about that ending is like, imagine the possibilities going forward that could come out of this. Right. As do you, I know you guys are too young to remember, but there is, was a series called the thorn birds. And I know mm, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm aging myself by, uh, by even bringing this up, but it's <laughs> one of those sagas where it's generational. So you get to follow these characters over generations and then their children start to come in and then their children's ooh, ooh, children okay. start to come in. And that's how I envision this series. Ooh, I see, yeah. I see where you're going. And uh, again, I really like it. <laughs> because that would always be the secret, you know, that's yeah. sort of holding them together, yeah. but also tearing them apart. Oh yeah, totally. I get it. Um, I feel like maybe we should put a lid on this right now because we're getting yes, yeah, dangerously close to spoiler territory. So, <laughs> uh, for those of you listening, you know, take that however you want. <laughs> when the book comes out, read it. You'll you'll see. Uh, yeah. But I mean it. Like you've got to get it. You've got to get on. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, you just made another customer right there. He's waiting for it too. Sweet, sweet. That's one more purchase you have guaranteed. I'm just listening. I'm listening, <laughs> and all I keep thinking about is I keep hearing like the ending. Like that's all I keep thinking in my mind right now is the ending, the ending, the ending. And uh, it just it reminds me of a uh, secret window, and that's all I can think mm. about now. And I'm like, I really want to hear more. Say this all over again. So I'm like, <laughs> just waiting. Are either, are either of you the kind of people who jump to the end? To to get the spoiler? Oh, not me, not me. I did it no. one time, and uh, I got punished for it. And by <laughs> by meaning I got punished for it was, um, I went to the end of the book, and the end of the book said, "I can't believe you went to the last page to read this book. Now go back to the beginning and read it." And uh, mm -hmm. I was like, "Yo, this author was so amazing." <laughs> Call me <laughs> out. Oh yeah, like, I this used person knew what they were doing. <laughs> I used to do that because I, and even now, if there's a movie that's just driving me crazy and my daughter has seen it, I'm like, you need to tell me how it ends right now. Tell me how it ends. Oh, no, you I know? know. You do that to me all the time. Yes, I'm like, please, just <laughs> tell me how it ends. And so I I tend to do that with books, too. <laughs> and then, of course, I immediately regret it because I'm like, God dang, I just ruined it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I That's still can't stop myself like, from doing not it. I'm going to tell you how this ends. You have to watch it. <laughs> I know. You and my daughter will not tell me. I'm like, so then I immediately get on Google spoilers. <laughs> she <laughs> does. She does that. And it drives me crazy. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I did that with Hunger Games in the last movie. And mm -hmm. I regretted it so much. I was like, why did I have to do 
do that. <laughs> Damn me. Um, oh man. Uh, I still, I still, uh, I was totally on board with that franchise, but the way it ended, I was like, you know what? Nah, that's how the, the, but that's how the books I think, look, I have the books. I'm ashamed to admit, but I haven't read them. <laughs> mm. I know. That's how I hear uh, it. It was funny. Cause like we, we were, watch, we were talking about the Harry Potter series. So it was the same kind of deal. And, um, yes, even like watching the movies, like them. every time I try to watch like the Harry Potter movies, like something would happen. So my wife was like, before we go watch this movie, we're going to burn through all these movies and you're going to sit down and watch every one of them with me. And so when we went and watched the last Harry Potter, like I still had no idea what was going on. All I knew is what happened at the end. And I don't want to spoil it for people <laughs> if you haven't seen it, but I was just like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have not read those books either, and I'm and I love the movies. Right. Yeah. So what do you? I'm just gonna throw this out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you guys think of Twilight? Uh, so have you had? Let me <laughs> let me let me let me cap this. Let me cap this before we go, start go for going it, man. into. Go for it. Um, I actually read the whole Twilight series while I was deployed in Iraq. Not once. You you did read the books? Yeah, I did. I read I read uh actually I read the first three uh three times while I was out in Iraq and I read the last one and about midway through the last one I just put it down. I was like, you know what, I don't wanna, I don't finish reading this. I was done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I, I, was, and, and, I was upset. The story, I'm not gonna like, lie. I was upset yeah. because like to me, like in the book, right, the first three books, Bella and the first book, Bella kind of came off like the, uh, you know, whatever kind of character. She was, she was trying to find a purpose. And then, like, slowly, they, it, she just, Stephanie Meyer changed her to this, like, needy kind of girl towards Edward. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this book. And I just put it down. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> okay, so I have not read the books. Mm. But Oops, but sorry. I have the audio I have the audiobooks and I've listened to the first one and mm. I could only get about oh maybe a quarter of the way through the second one. Um and the the movies for me it was an absolutely a love-hate relationship for me. Mm. It, I watched the first one and only because I felt like I was I was being left out of this movement, you know, this right. twi this twilight trend. Like I wanted to be in the know and you know, me being a reader, it's like, I, sh I wanted to know what it was about. So uh, instead of reading the books, I got the movies. I bought all five of them at once. I think that's how many <laughs> there are, right? Yeah. I know. Right. Um, Dummy. It's, yeah. It's, it's five. Yeah. There's yeah. five of them. So I start watching the first one and I'm 20 minutes into it. And I'm like, oh my God, I hate this. I just bought five <laughs> movies and I absolutely hate this. What am I going to do with these other movies? I can't sit through this. You know, I'm like, just stick it out. Try to stick it out another half hour. I'm like, this, this isn't getting any better. In <laughs> another fact, this half is, hour. Yeah. I'm like, this is getting worse. I'm just, I'm getting <laughs> nauseous at this point. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I just bought these movies. I set it aside for like a month and I was like, uh, these movies are staring at me like just the bane of my existence. You know, I leave yeah. them out to remind myself. <laughs> so, yo, you you spent money on this. <laughs> yes. So I was like, all right, I, 
like I'm going to give it a go again. It can't be as bad as I, maybe I was just in a mood. Who knows? Mm. So I start watching it again. I'm like, yeah, this is just as bad as I remember. I don't, this is like, <laughs> this is like, this is like teenage angst. And at the time I'm oh, like, yeah. at the time I'm like 39 or 38. I'm like, <laughs> This is just, yeah, this is not my thing. But I sit through it. I force myself to sit through that movie. And I'm like, I absolutely hated it. I hated it, but whatever. I'm moving on to the second one. We're going to get through this. Go to the second one. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like it. I don't don't like it, but it's not as bad as the first one to me. So I'm like, okay. Wasn't it? It was two different directors. Because the first one was done by one director. And uh, it got really bad reviews. And so they brought in... The director that did oh, what was that movie called? Um, I, Chris I, something. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, he, he did the Compass movie, right? Is that what it was? Something like that. Um, I'm I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah. Oh, so I... it was a second director that ended up doing the second, third, and the fourth one. No, no, no. The third one was done by David Slade. I know that That's right. because That's right. he was the guy who directed Thirty Days of Night. Right. Okay. See, I didn't know. Which that. Which is a great vampire movie. Yeah, it is. Which a is great a great movie. vampire movie. Uh, and also, the, that third movie in the Twilight series is probably the best one. Okay, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so the, I'm just, I'm so, that. Yes. So, the second one, I was able to get through with less contention. You know, it was like, okay, this, mm-hmm. it still sucked, but it didn't suck as bad. <laughs> yes, but it didn't suck as bad <laughs> to me. That, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I, I agree. Like, the, the second one is a step up from the first one. So then um, I get to the third one, and I'm like, okay, I'm kind of getting the hang of this. I know who the characters are. I know this. I know what they're, and I'm able to get through the third one, it, no problem. You know, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'm just sort of ambivalent to it. Fourth mm-hmm. one, the fourth one, I'm like, hey, this is pretty good. This isn't too bad at all. Fifth one, I'm like, this fucking movie kicked ass. I love it. I love it. You know, I'm just like, where did this come from? Out of the blue, I'm just like, I'm in love with this. So I go back again to rewatch them all, and it's the same feelings. The first one, I'm like, <laughs> it's like, ugh, really? I got to sit through the first one, but I can't just jump back into the fifth one. I got to watch the whole thing. Yeah. And, so, and so now, after all these years, this has been like seven years since I watched the first ones, I actually, I, I can't even believe I'm going to admit this on air. You like them. I love them. What the hell? I don't know when that happened. I don't know when it happened, but now, every now and then, I'm like, oh, I need to watch Twilight. And oh, even, and even the, the first one, even as awkward as it makes me feel, I'm still like, oh, Twilight. Oh, what an oh, idiot. I'm like, I don't know where it came from. I need to know whatever drug Daphne Meyer put subliminal messages into those movies or books. I need some of that. <laughs> to where to where people think but, they hate my book at first, but then all of a sudden they're in love with it. Like it's, it's yeah. interesting okay, that you yes. bring that up. It's really interesting because Stephanie Myers was actually supposed. She had sat down and did a meeting with um, yeah, who wrote um, yeah, it's now the movie's escaping me with uh, Katniss. Um, she uh, mocking the, oh, the um, you know what I'm talking about the Mockingbird. Um, yeah, the so hu- the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. Thank you. So yeah, so she was in a meeting with, um, doing a meeting with her uh, for the Hunger Games. They were going to write a book together 
based on the characters from Twilight mixing with Katniss. Like, somehow they made it into the future. And, like, that was all supposed to be, like, a real thing. And I never heard about what came out of that book or out of that series. But I remember them sitting down because so many kids were like, no, we can't have Team Edward with Katniss. And then, like, <laughs> suddenly it was all over again. Like, it wasn't Team Jacob anymore. It was Team Katniss and Team Edward. I was like, well, first of all, Stephanie Meyer, as fun of as a read as those were, Hunger Games was they, way though? better. <laughs> yeah. Like, they... yeah, I mean, look, look, okay, I, first, I feel like I, 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 look, I didn't let me, read a whole lot while I, I was like... in Iraq. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> look, yeah, sure, fair enough. Fair point. Fair point. But, <laughs> like, uh, I've told this story uh, to a few people. Like, um, you know, when that first Twilight book came out, I think I was, uh, I think that was my senior year in high school. So, you know, I was still like a uh, a goth kid in high school and everybody's like, oh, you like vampires, right? You should read this book. And I was like, all right, I'll read it. And uh, I read it and uh, I immediately decided that everybody who recommended it to me, I needed to cut out of my life. Yes. <laughs> so- <laughs> You're like, what Whoa. the hell kind of vampires are these? These are not vampires. Yeah. Yeah. With, I was like, with all due respect, like, though. you guys thought I, I was going to like this? No. but <laughs> You don't know me book- at all. <laughs> Yeah, and that first book is, it's it's rough to get through, like, cause there's like a whole chapter in there where Bella's just describing the music that she chose for a mix CD for her father, and I'm like, why am I reading this? Yeah. <laughs> what, okay, so, what, what benefit am I getting out of this? Okay, like, why so do that's, I know this? that's how <laughs> that's how Fifty Shades of Grey was for me. So the first book was difficult for me to get through, but there was enough of the story that grabbed me that I stuck with it. And then the second book was better, but it still had Mm. the same annoying sort of thing. So I just learned to skip over when certain parts, when I could feel that one of these little tangents was going to start. Yeah. And I would just... I did the same thing too. Yeah, like, I was as soon as I could feel like Bella was about to start, just oh, this is my day, and this is why it was so horrible. And I'm just like, all right, I'm just gonna skip ahead, get past all this. So. Yeah. So then I read the third book of Fifty Shades, and um, it even though it still had some of that annoying stuff, I loved it. And as soon mm. as I finished the third one, I went right back because I read them so fast. I read all three books in a week, wow. and they're not small books i went no, right back not. went right back in uh finished I feel like, or restarted I feel like the second one those actual books to you know give someone a good spanking uh <laughs> and some of that <laughs> some of that action from the look i don't want people to think i'm bashing 50 there shades of gray there are plenty of people who do that i i love 50 shades of gray for what what it is it's a good story to me it was a good story and it inspired me to you know to publish my work to to put yourself out there yes and and for whatever people want to say about yale james she re-energized the reading movement people can say what they want but my career is is due to E.L. James and her mastermind marketing husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that doesn't that doesn't hurt. So, 
so you know this whole erotic romance genre and i know it's been around forever you know from you know bodice rippers from you know those well, yeah, sort of as long as people have been telling stories yes but this version of it is in mm -hmm. part is it, a large part of it is due to 50 shades of gray yeah yeah i agree and i totally um it's funny because um uh, you know i just recently moved into a, moved out to a new a new city and i actually met a woman she's she's also a writer and uh i was like oh cool so you write and she's like yeah i write a little bit and i asked her i said what do you write and she kind of tensed up a little bit and immediately i knew what she was gonna say yes because <laughs> i've seen that reaction before it's so as soon as she, if she she was like mm, and i was like you write uh, erotic romance, don't you? And she's like, yeah. And she was kind of embarrassed. And I was like, that's cool. You know, like I dig that. I, I'm, I'm very close with somebody who writes and publishes her own. So, you know, you don't have to feel embarrassed. I totally get behind that sort of thing. Yeah, there's sort of that still that stigma toward, towards even just romance in general. People look down mm -hmm. on it like, oh, it's less than. But mm. romance is the biggest selling genre. So people... Literary people can say what they want about it, but we are the bread and butter of um, the literary industry. So, yeah, <laughs> well it's said. <laughs> it's funny to me, right? Because it seemed like we're talking about like waves, and it felt like if you started like with early two thousands, right? So like the Harry Potter kind of era, you just watch everybody grow up. Like, and I just mean that in like the audience wise, right? So it was like. You watch kids go from like Harry Potter all of a sudden to the Twilight, and then bam, Fifty Shades of Grey, and you're like, "You made a yeah. you made a big jump." <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how I felt. That's how I felt when I read it because I was like, "Yeah, it's like there's eighth book. All right, cool." And then all of a sudden, we're like, "Yeah, I want to talk about vampires and werewolves." I'm like, "All right, cool." Now I want to talk about you know S and M. I'm like, "Wait, what?" We just went from yeah. Like, where did that whoa, come from? We, well, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I don't know if you guys were reading the same stuff I was, but and, uh... and yeah, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey was started out as fan fiction based on Twilight. Did right. you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did know that. Yeah, I, yeah. I did. So you can sort of see some of the, you know, the yeah, parallels yeah, can, of it. Yeah, you can kind of connect the dots there. <laughs> yeah, kids went from playing with their so, wands to all of a sudden playing with whips. You're like. That's, yeah, that's a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> it really was, yeah. So I have a um, a series that I is another another series that's sort of um living in my head right now. I don't know if I've talked to you about it, but it's uh, it's I I hate to say vampire because they're not vampires, but mm -hmm. it's sort of vampire-ish, and. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I have it. Have about this. Yeah, and I've laid it all out, and um, I uh, explained it to my daughter at the time. I think she was twelve or thirteen, and she was like really stoked. But I was like, she's like, I can't wait to read it. I was like, yeah, but you you don't really get to read mommy's writing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> not until That's you're true. much 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 older. And even at yeah. that, I'm comfortable with that. Preferably she, by the time she's thirty and married. And <laughs> when I when I said that, she was like well, why do you have to put that stuff in there? And I thought, man, you know, it could be a young adult 
but it would be like a, I don't know, maybe young adult, new adult. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be as erotic. I genuinely could leave that part of it out for, mm -hmm. and it could still be a really good movie. You know, it, the whole thing about young adult to me is the sexual tension. There's always that tension yeah. there. Yes. And so I could still so. add that in. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to try yeah. it. And like, that, will like be under, gonna... that one will be under a different pen name. Yeah. And see, I was going to, you know, I was going to, I was thinking the exact same thing as you were saying that it's like, you know, you can, you can always just keep building it up. Like, well, they're getting to that point, And then, you know, yeah, because that's Just basically what Twilight did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And people seem to love those, so I mean, you, know, you can always you can always do that. And I don't know I mean, really know what genre it is, so that's I'm having a hard time. I think it might be. Just make I your own know. genre. Don't worry, carve it out. You'll be, you'll be okay. Sci-fi, maybe. <laughs> it's not really, it's not really dystopian, but it is set in the future. Mm -hmm. A very a very bleak future, right? Um, I don't know. I hate to confine myself to genres. I know I sound so you know, hoity <laughs> hoity when I say that I am so not confined to so genres. Funny. But really, I, it's <laughs> I don't it's just subscribe to labels. Yeah, but that's just because I don't really know what genre it would be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always here's here's what I um, another writer told me this. Uh, and I, I, it was a joke that he said, but like I was like, oh, you know what? I might, I might use that. He said when people, um, people ask him like, what genre do you classify yourself in? And he, <laughs> very jokingly, he responded, oh, I like to. I, I think I identify as genre fluid. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, really, I really liked that response. And I'm like, you know what? I'm totally I'm stealing that. that. I'm totally yeah. stealing. Okay. Oh, I'm borrowing that. I'm going there you to go. be borrowing that. We're going to make that a thing. Like, that's yes. going to be a thing. Genre fluid. Well, yes, I like because I, I, I hate to even say my... All of my books are very erotic, but it's mm -hmm. not just that. It's their romantic suspense and their thrillers. Yeah. And their, it's, you know... They all fall into these little, different like, subcategories. Yes. And... Again, that's one of the things I love about your writing, you know, like you do offer stuff that is just romance. And then there's like, you know, like, the, like there's the crime thrillers or the suspense thrillers. And, you know, it, it really does offer more than just the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So, Thank yeah, you. I think I, I, I think try. I think you are genre fluid. So, yay. That won't be a <laughs> lot. It go. won't be a lie then. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be. So, okay, so, ah, there was, oh, come on. I'm trying to backtrack. There was something something you said that I wanted to elaborate on. Don't be using big words with me. <laughs> this coming from the published author. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my thesaurus is for, okay? <laughs> the thesaurus? Come on. Hey, I use. You know how much I use my thesaurus. Don't, don't you judge me. I do me. know how much. I do know how much. You my use thesaurus it. is constantly open. It is always open. 
I know every time I used to walk into your your writing area, it would just be sitting there. And yes. it was funny because I would just look at it and be like, okay, which one of these words was she looking at? <laughs> so yeah, it was that was always like a nice little glimpse into your mind. But, but I've, I've learned not to use it too much because, you know, I love crazy words. But if it starts to get to be where people are having to click on the word because they don't know, it's like you're you're sort of overdoing it. Because I know when I'm reading a book and I'm like, really, did they have to use that word when there's a much simpler <laughs> word for it? Now you're just showing off. OK, just yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, there are, like if I if I have to put the book down and go look up a word. That's when I'm like, you know what? You could have simplified this. Like, what? There was a word. Ah, what was it? I can't remember what it, what the the word was, but it it meant the same thing as indifferent. Yeah. Insouciant. That was the word. And I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? So I went and looked it up, and I was like, you could have just said indifferent. Like, what is wrong yes. with you? <laughs> it's the same thing. Ah, but yeah, no, totally. <laughs> The mind of a writer is a um, very complex thing. <laughs> I like to think so, but I, I think it's probably not as complex as it. <laughs> well, speaking, <laughs> at least for uh, me, someone, speaking, you know, speaking as someone who there. knows you pretty well, uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on up there. <laughs> so <laughs> we won't say whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I I mean, you know. You can you can take it take it or you know however you want. So okay, <laughs> so, okay so man, so your career six and a half years at this point, and you've done book tours, and you've done like a lot of promotional stuff. Like this is what I wanted to bring up here on the podcast because I feel like this is something that is very topical. Uh, just given the day and age that we live in, you know, everything is digital and there's all this social media out there and there's so many places for you to promote your book, but it's not always as easy as all that. And so what I kind of wanted to talk about and hopefully, you know, I mean, I know you'll have a lot of insight into this is like, talk to, can you speak to what it is like being a self-published author and, you know, like I know you don't have like a firm or whatever that's out there doing publicity for you and who's pushing your books. Like you have to go out on a social media yourself mm -hmm. and you advertise all your books. And uh, I know from experience, I've been in the room with you. Like a lot of the times you design your own book covers. Right. Uh, I've helped you with that a few yeah. times. And so just talk to what's that like? as an individual, you know, you're, you're self-published and, you know, I see other artists online, you know, whether they're writers or filmmakers, act actors, actresses, models, what have you, they're constantly battling the ever-changing social media algorithms that mm -hmm. limit your visibility. And, you know, they, they, they want you to pay to push your advertisement out there for more people to see. So what's that like for you? Like, I imagine that has to be infuriating. It's, yeah, it's, like I said, in the last three years, the landscape for um, authors has completely changed. And mm -hmm. there was a time when I could, you know, the form of advertising that I did, which was Goodreads, 
Um, for those that don't know, Goodreads is, I liken it to Facebook for readers. It's, right. you know, you, I would get on there and just pimp my books through the groups. I would do that on Facebook. Um, I have uh, a street team, um, which a lot of authors still have street teams. And that's a group of volunteer readers, fans who um, actively help you market your book by social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever else they're on. And, and then, of course, the paid advertising like Facebook ads or Amazon ads or BookBub. Um, some of those different wow. avenues. <laughs> I know. So yeah, um, see, you just listed off a lot of uh, things that I wasn't even aware of. So yeah, that just and, goes I mean, to show how much more work it is for someone. Look, if if especially back then, if when I was marketing, I had to set whole days aside for marketing. Like I could sit for eight hours and just market, and it, it's. It's such a buzzkill. It just sucks yeah. any any enjoyment out of writing for me, as does editing, but let's not go there. Um, <laughs> so, but if I'm not doing it, nobody else is doing it for me, especially as an indie author. Like you said, I don't have some big publishing company um, paying someone to do all that. So I had to do it. But Clearly, it made a difference because it got me in front of people with me just constantly putting my book out there, getting my name out there. And then things sort of changed with Amazon about midway through mm. through through all of this for me. And they had started their paid subscriptions. And when I right. could once make a living at writing, I, I, I can't do it anymore. I'm back to working full time. Um, and writing on the side. And, and you know what? That's fine. Cause I sort of, I, I thrive on the angst of life. I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like if I'm not miserable in life, I'm writing well. <laughs> I, I don't Working know where like the, a true artist. Yeah. Generally <laughs> be, because when I took those two years off to just write, mm -hmm. I was happy and content and I hardly wrote. <laughs> so <laughs> And yeah, now I totally understand. Like, it, you know, like it, it feels kind of um, uh, what's the word? Macabre, I guess. Yeah, but like, yeah, if you're an artist and you're not, you yourself aren't suffering, it kind of feels like you're not doing your best work. I don't. I'm telling you, <laughs> I do my best work when I'm suffering, when I'm lonely or heartbroken or sad or whatever. I write my best dark stuff and that's what yeah. i write i don't i don't generally write happy romances oh yeah no you don't have to tell me <laughs> and so now marketing for me is very minimal because what i found was the money that i was putting into marketing was doing absolutely nothing and i went into debt um credit card mm. debt trying to promote myself and it wasn't doing anything because the amount of money you need for real genuine like visible marketing is out of my reach i saw a best-selling yeah. i saw a best-selling author and we're talking a big author i won't mention names but she is sort of trying to help people market and 
I remember she put out this post that said, I invested $120,000 in marketing and my return was $600,000. And I'm like, okay, that's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm like, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. But I'm never going to have $120,000 of play cash yeah. to market myself. That's just not going to happen. It's not. And, and I'm being realistic. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm being realistic when I say that. Unless I have a mega bestseller or a, a big, you know, one of the big publishing companies backing me up. And so right. I, I just basically stopped marketing. I just completely shut it down because it was just a time suck and a money suck for me. And because now everybody's publishing, absolutely everybody is self-publishing, um, I have enough of a fan base. I'm fortunate that I'm a mid-list author and I can still sell books mm -hmm. just based on the initial momentum that I got riding the wave of Fifty Shades of Grey. So yeah. I, I just, for the most part, for the most part, I will just sort of, if I'm, if I have a new book coming up, I will sort of throw it out there and my, my readers will share it, but that's all I do now. I don't even pay for marketing and on rare occasion, I take that back on rare occasion. I will, I just, until things change with, with the way we can market ourselves, because like you said, now my visibility is completely limited on Facebook and they've got so many rules and regulations of what you can put up for an ad based on a picture or a statement mm -hmm. or hot words or keywords. Like you can't even use the word erotic anymore in an ad. You can't mm -hmm. have a picture. You can't have a picture of anything that looks remotely, um, scintillating, no skin, no, I mean, it's so limiting. I, I know, right? But that this is what sells. But they don't want it on there, and it's it's their platform. That's they can ridiculous. Say, they can say what they want or not. And even in the groups well, that we used to yeah. be able to share, now a lot of these groups have just flat out shut down. I used to do takeovers on Facebook pages, events. I remember when you used to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do any of that because it's all futile right now. So I don't want to sound. Um, negative about it but it's just it's different now and i don't market yeah. I, I look i'm doing my i'm doing myself a disservice by not marketing i know that but i just i got so tired of you know doing it and doing it and doing it and i was just spinning my wheels and wasting my time and wasting my money so for now you know i'm just got my fingers crossed that i'll have a I'm just going to keep my head down, write, write a good book. And word of mouth is the absolute best marketing. So, yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't blame you for, for not wanting to do that anymore. I mean, you know, it, it goes back to, you know, like the definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Like clearly you've done these things and, you know, it's not, it's not changing. It's not help. It's not changing for the better anyways. Right. So, you know, I don't blame you and I, it, I don't think anybody else would, uh, if, if they do, you know, screw you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got to do what you got to do, you know, like you can only do 
again, you can only do the same thing over and over again until you're just like, this isn't helping, you know? Right. It, and, and I understand that everything sort of changes. Like you said, with the algorithms, Facebook and Amazon, was ch- they were changing their algorithms so often. They just made it impossible to get any traction. You know, it's like, I don't understand their logic in that because when I'm selling, I'm making them money because they take a percentage of, you know, my royalty. Yeah. But, and now it's just so beyond me. And, you know, I'm part of these um, author support groups and that's constantly the, you know, now they're blocking reviews and they're, um, they're shutting down accounts based on false statements or it's like, I'm just, you know, keeping my fingers crossed that I stay under the radar and I, you know, just, I'm just going to keep writing and I just want, I just want my readers to get my books. That's all I want. I'd love to make some money at it, but at this point, even just the littlest bit is nice because then it helps me with, um, because like you said, I do my own, I do my own graphics. I do my own book covers. I do my own um, graphics for, for um, marketing, like teasers and stuff like that. Advertisements and whatnot. But I do want to put out there that anybody thinking about going into uh, indie publishing, when you first start out, unless you really are really good at graphics, I would not suggest making your own book covers. I think uh, you can go on Amazon now and there's just some hideous book covers. And and you know they say don't judge a book by its cover, but obviously Mm -hmm. people do. If it's got a terrible cover, it could be the best book in the world. It's not going to sell. Yeah. So at least until totally. you sort of get a feel, you know, do some research in that genre romance and kind of see what is what the popular covers look like so you can get an idea. Right. And I mean, I remember when, um, you know, there were times when I'd be helping you work on a cover or whatever, you know, it, it always felt <laughs> it always felt odd because it was like it felt like we were doing the exact opposite thing. That I we know. Were taught as children, you know, like we're yes. we're trying to get people to judge a book by its cover. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, and that always just felt like, oh my goodness, how far we have fallen. Yes. <laughs> but but you know, you need something that's going to catch people's eye. Yes. You know, and that that was always what I was telling you. I was like, you need something that that pops. You know, like if you saw this on a bookshelf, is this going to grab your attention? You know. You know, and the other end of that is you can, you know, this is what I'm saying about a great book cover. You can see a great book cover and people will sometimes just buy a book based on its cover. Oh, yeah. And then I'm you read it. Having done that. And then you read it and it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes. You know, but it, it, that, it, that grab, that initial draw, it, that, that image. But I mean, that just, that just goes to show, like, it works. <laughs> like, if you've got that. You know, you've got a nice cover, a real eye grabber, you know. It's, that's half yeah. the work right there. <laughs> so, oh, man. Okay, so. Is so Cliff we, there? We he, about, he, he, he went quiet. Uh, I, I'm absorbing he, all the knowledge. That's what I'm doing right okay. now. Yeah. Cliff's <laughs> just observing at this moment. He's like, over. The, he's over there reading Twilight again. We got to talking about Twilight, and he, he dug nostalgic. out the book. He dug out the book. 
I wish I, I wish I could have. I really he's like, over at there. this point, like I think that's that's something I should have done. But I have to download <laughs> He's like, over there reading the cliff notes. Oh, <laughs> oh no you did not. Did. I know, no, I'm sorry. I'm so <laughs> no. cheesy. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know that's what? Cool. I'm surprised we haven't said that one before. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's it's interesting too how the main character of Twilight would be like your favorite character because if you just added a B to your name too, like you're right there. <laughs> <laughs> Bella, that's right, Bella. Oh God. Well, oh bam! Well, you, go. you, I'm glad you explained a joke to someone. <laughs> explained a joke to the audience. Thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> Work of an author. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, all right, Cliff. Uh, so that I, I feel bad because it, it does kind of feel like we're neglecting you. So, uh, <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any questions? Like, do you have anything? Like, any insight you want? Uh, go ahead and ask. You know, it's like it's something that I I read in like your your bio, right? I was just very curious. It says you know that you're from like the Bible Belt of of the U.S. I'm just curious, like, and what state? Did you like Nebra- Nebraska? Hey. Yep. <laughs> I just had to get it out there. Um, yes, Nebraska. <laughs> and then very, uh, it's a very red state. It's a very Republican. Oh, it, oh we yeah. know. We very know. a very <laughs> Republican conservative state. You know, now I'm living in Washington, and it's generally it's sort of known for being very liberal. Although I don't know how mm-hmm. I ended up in the reddest part of the state. I was like, what? How did <laughs> oh, that, that happen? That only happened to you. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I didn't even plan that, but well, here oh, I am in the reddest part would of happen, the state. That would happen to you. Yeah. Yep. Actually, that's funny because I'm, because, you know, I, I was raised in Nebraska and uh, I actually moved to Maryland. So I have like two different worldviews on everything it's crazy try to be as especially when you're having political arguments and you're like i just want to see it both ways so, so i'm just trying to try to observe as much as i can so it's definitely definitely uh interesting to see and then how did you fall in love with ukuleles because i know like for me like i spent my time did you, out in did you hawaii. hear that pronunciation yes did you I hear did. his pronunciation <laughs> it's he, very he, hawaiian i spent i spent time i mean i spent five years on the islands so i mean if i pronounce <laughs> it wrong i'm i'm gonna catch oh. some flack Okay, now he is showing up. I spent five hours. Now he's showing off. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, tell that story. I, I love that story. Uh, you know, I just, I don't even remember, honestly, how I came. But I love them now, and I'm obsessed with them, and I have way too many. And when you I moved here. way too many. <laughs> and when I moved here, I had to downsize and get rid of some, and it was oh. painful. It was yeah. genuinely painful to get rid of them. I got rid of my Hello Kitty guitar. Oh, oh no. My Hello Kitty guitar. Yeah, I knew and, I know that was one of your favorites. So. But it was like really I I don't even play the guitar anymore. Like I, I couldn't That's even true. I couldn't even play a chord now if I had to. But I do love my ukule- ukuleles. <laughs> um, as a <laughs> As us on the mainland. (laughs) As us us mainlanders call it. Like some of us haven't spent uh, years in Hawaii, so. (laughs) Hey, you know, we're talking about conservative and liberal. When I was getting ready to move here for my job, I have to do um, a drug test because I work as a respiratory therapist. And 
my um, employer calls me to tell me, hey, you know, we know that marijuana is legal here in Washington, <laughs> but mm. you you can't test positive for your for your test. And I was like, he knows I live in Nebraska, right? I mean, obviously he knows. I was like, it's that's okay. Well, it's not legal in Nebraska, and mm. I'm and I'm married to a deputy, so I don't think that's mm. going to be a problem. But <laughs> but I was actually looking forward to moving here. Like, man, I'm finally going to get to try the pot, you know? <laughs> so I was like. Yay! I, you know, I get to experience this thing that so many people have experienced. I get to be high. <laughs> and, and then I get here and they're like, yeah, well, we, we do random drug testing. I'm like, you know, that is just my luck. Like, I can't catch a break. I just can't catch up. I'm living in the reddest part of the state and I can't even get high. Like, oh my God. I, uh, I, it's funny because I know my friends. Oh my God. One of my good friends, um, he oh. was living in Delaware and he moved to Alaska. And the first thing he wanted to do was go work at a dispensary. And so the guy's like, <laughs> All right, I need to ask you, I need to ask you a serious question. And my friend's like, What's that? And he's like, If I have you pee, can you pass this test? And uh, he was like, Of course. He's like, That can't hire you. He's like, what? He's like, guys who work for me have to stay high. And you get high. And my buddy was like, clearly you don't know what I did after I left the military. But yes, I can, I can fail this test if you need me to. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, uh, I currently live in a state where... <clears throat> It's legal, uh, right? It's legal. Yes, it's it's totally legal. And uh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> oh, actually, okay. I, I did want to tell the story. There was I did go out to Seattle a couple years ago. It was funny because it was just after they had legalized it out there. And I was staying in a hotel and I get to the hotel, you know, I'm on like the, the third story. And uh, the first thing I do is I, I want to I want to see the view from where I'm staying. So I open up the windows, and I shit you not, the, the first thing I see is a giant billboard. And all it says is, need weed? <laughs> and then an arrow, two arrows pointing in different directions with addresses written on them. And I was like, yep, welcome to Washington. <laughs> so, Yeah, I will never get you to stepping outside or driving down the street and seeing just a sign that says, weed. Oh, yeah. Like, they don't even, that's it. That's the easiest advertising ever, just the word weed. Yeah, there, there's a dispensary uh, in the city that I live, and uh, the, the sign, it's just a pot leaf. It's effective. Simple. <laughs> effective. Effective, super effective. It's funny, that's too, all it is. Like, yep. I, was, I was reading a story the other day in the news, and they were talking about how, uh, how, in one state, it's like getting into another state and more and more people on the western side of Nebraska are just getting high, <laughs> getting busted with marijuana. And I was like, oh, yeah. shout outs to my state. <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, before I left Nebraska, I, I knew people who would drive out to uh, Colorado on the weekends uh, just to go just to go get weed. Yep. 
So, yeah, man, like, I, I totally get that. <laughs> but you know what? I am convinced Nebraska will never, never legalize it. Oh, no, no. They're too conservative. and I really too, think uh, so, yeah. I yeah, don't know. there's no way Nebraska's ever going to that. It's funny. It's funny because I see it differently. I see eventually, not anytime soon. It, it may be the very last state. But I see it happening for mm-hmm. that state. And it's it's funny because, like, I know of a lot of youth who partake. <laughs> and <laughs> as the culture changes in the state of Nebraska, it's crazy to see, like, some of these kids who oh, are coming out, they're like, yeah. they're, they're 100%. They're like, yeah, well, we think it's good for medicinal purposes. It was like, how do you know? about it for medicinal purposes, you can't even have it in this state. <laughs> but I definitely... That's I definitely, true. I mean, as you've got this generation who are eventually going to be, you know, writing the laws yeah, and... Eventually, they're going to be the ones in charge. So, yeah, yeah right. I mean, I totally... I Yeah, I could see that happening. And it's funny, too. Like, know, eventually. Just, there's, like a, there's a whole bunch of shifts in the culture. Like, it's just people. And I've kind of noticed it between, like, ages of, like, you know... 60 plus is one one set of views 40 plus 40 like 60s another set and then you have like this interesting view between you know it's like people between like 38 and we'll call it 24 right just this interesting view where like things are changing things that were considered taboo back in like Mm -hmm. you know the 70s and 80s people are like nah dude like we do it all the time aside from like and I mean, it, yeah. instead of like smoking weed or like talking <laughs> about like erotica novels, right? Or you know, like, and and now you just you look at the the way society has changed. It's just it's a to me to watch the youth do it. It's I, it's I think it's amazing. I'm not gonna lie, and I enjoy it. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, look, I, I, I mean, agree. Fifty Shades of Grey. There are movies, and those movies yeah. are not. And those were Dang. mainstream movies. Yeah, they're yeah. yeah, they're mainstream movies. They did really well. And they're not tame. I mean, those are some pretty steamy movies. I think by like yeah. in the nineties, like that that movie would have been triple X. Absolutely. And now yeah. you're looking back and it's like mm, PG thirteen. Like, well, wait a minute. That's <laughs> that's a little too <laughs> young. It's it's definitely gotta be R. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, and that's it. why it's surprising to me that with the advertising that it seems to be going backwards. Like books are starting to get banned um, mm. by Amazon or other um, retailers, book retailers, if they're deemed too, you know, steamy or too, you know, taboo yeah, or whatever. Scary. Yes. Yeah, type four, five, one, all over again. And I, <laughs> and I should say now. they're banned because. But they just they won't allow you to sell them on there, and it's in their in their uh, terms of service that they reserve the right. It's their platform. If they don't like it, then there's nothing you can do about it. You know. And it's funny how it's you were their, talking about yeah. it's their store. You were talking about you know like it's it's their service, right? And it's something that mm-hmm. um, that Antonio and myself, and even like the, the channel that we're attached to, like. We we've come to understand. Shout that. out to Franken Culture. Yeah, thank you, Franken Culture, for everything you've done for us. <laughs> um, besides that, shout out. Um, we, we have our channel like on Anchor, and we we promote our channel through like a website, like for like Franken Culture. So like we diversify out because we understand like anybody can come through. Google Play can come through and say, you know what? If you guys are cursing, we're just gonna pull your stuff off the air. 
cool. We right. have it on like three other networks, so we don't really it'll hurt, but it's not gonna hurt yeah. as bad. So thanks. But we're gonna go ahead yeah, and yeah. Keep doing it. It's it's the fact that you have to keep putting your product out on different areas and let people know that it's out there because the more exposure you get and, and to be honest, any exposure is good exposure. And so from like a marketing standpoint that like you were talking about, like it's just about how many different platforms can you put your product on to get people to notice you. And it's, right. it's funny cause I was even listening to Gary V and he's such a great like marketing person, but like he was like talking like a podcast like this we might see it as one content, but to him, he sees it as like 34 different pieces. And it's, and that's the kind of same way you have to do, like, even like with, with books, right? Like you have to get like a little, a little blurt. And then people are like, what is that? And then they go and want to research it. And then you, just, it's just weird how like the more you get out there and on different networks and on, even if you have your own website, just put it out there and people will come to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, the unfortunate thing with, with Amazon being as powerful as they are, it's it's a a blessing and a curse for I mm-hmm. think all authors, yep. because there's no other platform that is going to reach as many readers as Amazon does. There just isn't. I've had my books on every on every e book retailer. I've had it on iTunes. I've had it on Kobo, Oyster. Uh, Smashwords, Barnes and Noble, and then Amazon. And my sales from all of those five other, five or six other retailers never came close to my sales on Amazon, ever. They never, it was like a drop in the bucket. And it it got to the point where I was like, why am I even through the effort of putting it mm, on these yeah. other because I have to go through the formatting and I have to it's just it's a process to get it compliant with yeah. each of these different retailers. And yeah, yeah, and that's that's something that people kind of don't realize like you know, like when it comes to a book especially, you know, like that it you know, you know this and I know because of how much you and I have spent uh talking about this and and even like you know you showed me the difference and like these different uh outlets require different you have to hit so many different requirements before they can put it into mm-hmm. their um catalog yeah yes into their catalog and so you know it's not like it's not just like a one size fits all type thing like you don't just have one file that you send out to everybody yeah you, you have know? to switch it up and yeah, and it, it's, you know, I've seen the the hell you had to go through a couple of times, just trying to to format your your book for these these different outlets, and you know, it's it's not it's not easy. It's not easy. It's and so and now with the subscription service through Amazon, that's mm-hmm. what most readers want. They want to pay just their monthly service fee and then they can get access to these books. So <laughs> I've put a handful of my books into that subscription service. Um, but I've left some of my bigger selling books wide. And that's mm-hmm. just because of like what Cliff was saying, you have to sort of cater to everybody and putting it up on just Amazon it's limiting it's limiting my 
my ability to be seen by sort of everybody. You know, you've mm-hmm. you do you have people not many, but you do have some people who are just diehard iTunes fans and they're not gonna buy their books oh, yeah. on Amazon. And so at least I can maybe snag them with a book, one of my few books on iTunes or Barnes and Noble. And if they like me enough, they'll go to Amazon to get the other books. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, um, you know, to sort of talk about like what Cliff was saying and also what you're saying is like, you know, uh, one of the great things, shout out to Anchor, by the way, anchor.fm. One of the cool things about uh, using them is, you know, I can always check the the analytics on our, our podcast and I know who's listening to it on what service. Like I can see who's using iTunes or Spotify or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's helpful, you know, uh, and I honestly, I, do you have anything like that? Is there any way you can see, like, I know, you know, Amazon clearly is your, your. Yeah, they have analytics. The yeah, they do. Okay. That's good. Cause I know and, that help. That will help a lot. Yeah. And like on my, um, my blog spot page, they have analytics mm-hmm. too, where I can see um, based on country who's viewing me more same for Amazon, uh, my sales, I can mm-hmm. see what, what country, you know, how many people yeah. I'm selling to all over the world. So what, what country are you most popular in? U S U S UK, um, UK second. And then that makes sense. The, the, the English are kind of a uh, sexually, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely, they're definitely more liberal and open-minded. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you know, you can't go a week without hearing a story about some, some judge over there in England getting caught with his pants down and, you know, being spanked by a, a dominatrix. So, uh, shout out to the UK that I'm not being negative towards you guys. You guys keep doing what you're doing. I, I love it. So, That's yeah, so how- then it's third is Germany, surprisingly. No, actually, oh, that is surprising. I <laughs> yeah, I can I can vouch for that because I know like I used to write a blog for um, Get the Ko, which is actually coincidentally my podcast as well. And uh, when I used to check the analytics, it was actually for me it was uh, the U.S., um, Germany, Russia, and then the U.K. So I was like, uh, I got Russians. I got that Russians sense, reading though. my websites. <laughs> <laughs> That Actually, you know what? Now that, that well, I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I think it's a close tie between Australia and Germany. I think I, Australia might be a little more than Germany. Hmm. Yeah, it's crazy when and you think about it, though. Yeah, and then Canada's right around in there. Those three are sort Ooh. of close together. Those naughty, naughty Canadians. That's we see right. you, Canada. <laughs> I know. I, I'm telling you, I went to that book signing up in Canada and. That's right, you did. Like summer of 2017. Yeah, yeah, and it was a BDSN. Oh, I bet. Of, I have never experienced anything like that. Enthusiasm. Ooh. I know, like, the enthusiasm and, the, like, a lot of people from for that. And, look, I got to be with some big-name authors, and so I felt very, uh, I don't know, like, like I hit the jackpot, you know, because. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just a, I'm just a mid-list author, but these were like big authors. Who's giggling over there? 
Um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm, we both were. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm laughing over here. I think it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Okay. It is awesome. Like some, <laughs> and so, but just the enthusiasm, like that, it was great. I just yeah, yeah, and and you've done a lot of the like talk. Let's talk a little bit about that before. Um, you know, we we probably got to start wrapping this up because it's getting late over there where Cliff is. But I want to I. Talk to us a little bit about that because you've done a lot of these, like these these signings and these these book tours and whatnot. Like, like I know you've done stuff in Vegas, and you know we all know Vegas. Uh, you know they don't call it Sin City for nothing. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So I like, mean, what what can you tell us about that? Like, yeah. well, like any crazy stories? Any like, come on, give us something good. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Still here. You, okay. Um. <laughs> You know, readers, it's the after parties that are a lot of fun. Everybody mm. just sort of, um, gosh, I don't want to rat anybody out, but you know, <laughs> no, you don't have to, you don't have to put names out there or anything, but just, you know, the readers just, it's almost like they've been caged up or just sort of <laughs> confined to these, their little, you know, to this sort of this mundane life reading. And I can relate with that. You're just reading these things and all the stuff is going on in your head and these emotions and these feelings. And a lot of readers are introverts. I, I consider myself mm -hmm. an extroverted introvert. And so <laughs> then you get around people who are like you and they're reading the same books as you. And it's just like, you've released the beast, oh, you yeah. know? <laughs> and so it's just like, this huge party of people talking about books and, you know, it's just, it's so much fun. Like, I don't think people think of readers as this kind of, this group of people who just get insanely energized by books, by words. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess music uh, yeah, is I... all, music is also just words, but it's, it's a little bit different, you know? No, well, to each yeah, their own. And I mean, everybody, like, everybody gets to go on their own journey, and everybody gets excited by their own thing. Like, mm -hmm. especially like like you were saying, like music, it has its lyrical content on it. But you have someone like Steve Aoki who's out there just playing. He has EDM, and people just hyped about it. And like for me, I know I love being around people. I just like I guess for me, it's different. I like being around people who have high energy. So regardless mm -hmm. of what it is, it could be a it could be a midnight release for a book i just get hyped i don't even know why i'm just <laughs> i just love being around people who are like just super passionate about whatever it is they are which is why like how how this podcast even got started was just it's things that we love and we talked with people who, about what they love and, and we get hyped and we're just like yeah we're whatever you need we got you <laughs> yeah yeah and that's yeah, the, and, and, the book community ahead. is so so giving like I've seen instances where people couldn't get to an event because due to a family um, emergency or something tragic has happened and the book community has come together and pitched in and paid the airfare and the, the cost of the hotel to get this reader to this event. It's just, it's like no other community. I mean, it's not without its own drama, especially in probably the last several months. But I try to not look at that. I'm not really in the loop of all that. So 
that's fine with me. I don't need to be in the drama of that. But, yeah. you know, and we're talking about music. Um, Antonio knows how much music plays a part of my writing. Oh, yeah. I, I always have um, a playlist going with each of my books and yep. included with each of my books, the acknowledgments that I include a playlist of what it was I was listening to. And I refer to music a lot in my books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, like, yeah. Cause I, I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, recommending you certain things and you've recommended me certain things to listen to as well. And, you know, sometimes it, it really is the music that helps to. Although, it, although Antonio doesn't recommend as much because I steal it and he gets really. She does. She steals he gets, my stuff. He gets I butt get hurt that I. Okay. He does. I he gets butt hurt that I. Music. <laughs> and He's I'm like, like, what the you hell? stealing my music. Yeah, because you put, you put a song that I recommended to you. You used it. And I was like. That's my song. How dare you? <laughs> I know you were like genuinely I was so hurt. I was like, what? How you dare betrayed you? So my now, trust. <laughs> so now I only give her the stuff that I'm like, eh, this is all right. <laughs> I know. And then I remember one time I was like, what is that song? And he he wouldn't tell me what. Yeah, I wouldn't tell her. I was like, nope. Because mm -mm, you're going to put this in one of your books. And this is my song. I had so to no, promise him. I had to promise him I wouldn't use the song. <laughs> You know, it's it's funny I'll admit how it, you... man. I get I get protective of my music. So yeah, well, it's funny because like even uh, you know, we were we were just talking about Stephanie Meyer earlier with the Twilight books. Like you can actually go on her webpage and see all the music that she was mm -hmm. listening to when she was writing, and it's surprisingly yeah. just Radiohead, Coldplay, Linkin Park, The Muse. Like it's all mm -hmm. there, and I'm like, man, like you're twisted. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, shout out to her. She had she had good taste in music. Like, hey, uh, you know what? The Twilight movies have a kick-ass soundtrack. They do, they do. I have those soundtracks, and they're, they're genuinely so good. some of the some of the best ones that I've ever heard. Oh like, my gosh, you know, they're so good. Yeah, like I'm not the biggest fan of those movies or those books, but those soundtracks are killer. So yeah, yeah, I'm they are. Looking, I just can't believe like some of the songs that she chose to like. One of the songs from uh, New Moon was actually going under by uh um evanescence. evanescence and i was like wow yep. <laughs> that's a dope track that's yeah dope and track. that's the reason why um lincoln parks uh what was the song that was in they used in the first movie um jesus there was i don't i don't remember was it i don't remember the name you? of the song I can, I can hear it in my head oh no. yeah it was with it was with you and then by myself those are the two that she mm. But there's... I don't remember. No, no, no. It it was one that was featured in the movie. Oh, it, it plays over the credits. Oh, yeah. I, didn't say, I don't. I don't, I don't pay but, attention but to I mean, unless but it's a Marvel that's comic that's the movie. Reason, yeah, but that's the reason why that song was included in the movie and on the movie soundtrack was because she was a Linkin Park fan. So you know, shout out to her. She got good taste in music. She has a great. Yes, taste. she does. And you know what? <laughs> e. L. James does too because those movies have great music and she had um and you know what props to both of them because they did not give up control being the writers you know yeah. writers sort of get a bad rap when it comes to making the movie they they don't really have control of their story mm -hmm. uh, right. and uh these two particular authors kept control 
over what the music was going to be, who the actors were going to be. And that's because they wanted to stay true to the story for their fans. And so they picked the music. And uh, I think the Fifty Shades of Grey movie soundtrack, I love them. I love the music in them. Like if you yeah. so um, uh, sorry, oh, go ahead, really, really quick. I have to ask this question because I know I know Antonio's answer to this, but uh, if you had to pick a soundtrack <laughs> that was probably one of your favorites, what would it be? Say that one more time. I'm sorry, you were cutting out. So, so let's just let's just say you had a soundtrack that you really, really enjoyed, right? What's that soundtrack mm. that you you enjoy? Like, pick it from a movie. Let's just like your we'll use favorite soundtrack. Yeah, your favorite um, soundtrack. Okay, from a movie. you're not gonna judge me, right? Yes, no, I will. No, totally not. I mean, <laughs> no, <laughs> you will, but you I'm will. not gonna. <laughs> okay, okay, one that stands out to me is the Grease soundtrack, the original Grease soundtrack. Okay, all right, all right. Love it. And to this day, I know I'm like one of those cheesy people, one of those cheesy forty-something-year-olds that is singing along. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yo, I just went to a sing-along for Bohemian Rhapsody, so and I sang my heart out. So, I mean, yeah. I can't. I'm not going to judge you for that. But I'm not <laughs> saying that's not. Look, that's just sort of a nostalgic sort of a thing. But I really mm-hmm. like a little bit of everything. I mean, I. That's why my book playlists. I have um, playlists for all of my books on Spotify. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of everything from you know hard rock to you know sappy emo music to classical (laughs) to 80s to whatever whatever tickles my fancy at the moment that i'm writing it's a little bit of everything no that that makes sense right like um i i know i i heard it from fred durst but obviously i know this wasn't an original quote from him but he always said uh music is the soundtrack to your life and like I that's why I've never shied away from a type of music because I feel like all all music speaks to me and I'm just mm-hmm. like <laughs> I was I was in the weight room and I was like working out and somebody heard me uh singing uh Backstreet Boys and they were like, Why are you singing a Backstreet Boys? Like first of all, <laughs> don't judge yet. Let me finish the story. Uh it hey, was man, being I'm covered. Not judging. I love Backstreet Boys, okay? <laughs> but I'm not judging. <laughs> It was it was uh, being covered by Jonathan Young, who's like a really good cover artist, and I was listening to his version of it, but I was seeing it in a gym, and I just the looks I got, I was like, I already know what this looks like, but you're not yeah. gonna stop me. <laughs> you know, Backstreet Boys is one of my guilty pleasures, and oh, so don't feel guilty about that. <laughs> and so and so is Britney Spears. So. No, you know, it's funny because I just introduced my daughter. to Backstreet Boys or Britney Spears. So. <laughs> oh I, I don't feel bad. I just introduced my daughter to the Spice Girls. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I was never into the Spice Girls. I just... That's and sad. it's not because their You're music missing. is particular. I know. It's not because... <laughs> I do like their music. It's very catchy. And I don't even want to admit who else. It's music just... <laughs> Oh God! I, I, no, well, now you have to. Now I'm just to. gonna you throw it out us. there. Do it. Oh God, Justin Bieber. Oh, I even hate oh. admitting that. I even hate admitting a. But here's the thing: I never realize it's Justin Bieber. I just I don't look at who the artist is. I'm just listening to the music, and I had mm-hmm. a couple songs in one of my playlists. And man, I'm like, these are these are good songs. Just don't pay attention to who it is. Just add it to my playlist. 
mm-hmm. and my daughter's in the car with me and I'm jamming like looking at me like what the fuck <laughs> oh that's and I'm like yeah and I'm like what's you know what she says are you really jamming to Justin Bieber I'm like wait what and it just <laughs> killed me I wish she never would have told me who it was because then I was just like uh, now I can't like the song and I love the song so I had to remove those songs from my playlist and I love them so much nope, nope I don't you know um, I live in this this little neighborhood and uh, every every time that it's really warm outside like obviously right now it's winter time but today it was like 60 degrees and when I picked up my kid we pulled into the parking lot and we were listening to Wannabe by the Spice Girls and as that song ended <laughs> Metallica's Inner Sandman came on, and the look that I got from people in my neighborhood when my seven-year-old is screaming out loud, sleep with what I open, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> your, your daughter is obviously cultured, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's very cultured. <laughs> yes, okay, so I, speaking of cultured... um. I love horror movies, but not like gory mm. horror movies, almost like cheesy horror movies, like B yeah, movies. Yeah, you love really like low yeah. budget B movies. Yes. <laughs> the cheesier, the worse acting, you know, I love it. If it's bad acting and it's bad graphics, I'm all about it. But I also really love like classic horror movies, and my daughter does too. And she's been watching this stuff since she's a kid. And I know people are like, oh, that's terrible. What are you teaching? Yeah, like, what are you teaching her? She loves the aliens and she, you know, Halloween. And But what I think, I at least what I've convinced myself, is she knows that this is not real. She knows that monsters are Mm -hmm. not real. But she can appreciate this stuff. And so I had made a reference to Silence of the Lambs. And man, she just totally rolled with it. And I just <laughs> love that. Like she had asked for a roll of toilet paper, took it, took it to her, you know. And when I pass by her bathroom later, I see the roll of toilet paper on the floor. <laughs> I'm like, that is just, come on, put it on the damn roll. So I pick it up and I take it in a room and I sort of toss the roll at her and I make the comment. <laughs> it puts the toilet paper on the roll or it gets the hose and it gets the hose again. And she just looks at me and rolls right with, you know, she totally knew what I was referring to. And I'm like, see that, that to me is true love. Like, oh yeah, that is just appreciation for that kind of movie. I love it. So I love that your daughter was singing that. I love it. It's so funny because like, um, my daughter is she's very into like um like wrestling and like cartoons and comics and then she listens to obviously everything under the sun um so earlier today one of my friends who's at a show at a wrestling show um shout out to frankensteiner um she <laughs> i was like oh i was like kira um i was like uh uh, Marty's watching uh, Adam Cole and she just looks and she's like Adam Cole baby and I was like <laughs> yes nice <laughs> I was like this is the greatest thing ever <laughs> that's dope or like that here's like dope. here's like the perfect one it caught me off guard I'm not kidding you 
it was it was the best thing ever happened though. So I'm in the house and my wife and I we were all talking and then um, I asked my daughter a question. And I think it was something like, "Hey, did you feed the dog yet?" And she looks at me without hesitation. She says, "Negative, Ghost Rider. That pattern was full." <laughs> and I was like, gonna, <laughs> "I was like, you're not buzzing oh, the tower." <laughs> Oh, that is so awesome. That's when you oh, just I give them it. that hug. Like, I love you. You're I, just the best. Like, that's my kid. I yeah. that's my kid. <laughs> the way I looked at her, she goes, what? She's like, you say it all the time. I was like, I know. It's just weird hearing it from a little body. It has no idea where that's yeah. from. <laughs> oh, gosh. My daughter and I can quote the most obscure lines from the most obscure B-movies. And I love it. And I, I kind of feel bad, though, because she says she'll quote these things like at school and kids are looking mm. at her like mm. i'm like my poor kid i have sort of made her socially unacceptable <laughs> i'm like baby you know when you get older you'll appreciate this more but right now i know it's I, i've made it difficult for you and i'm sorry about that in reality she's ahead of the pack oh <laughs> when you know she's quoting her then yeah she's it. quoting stuff from you know, killer clowns from out of space. And oh, like, people have no idea what she's talking about. You know, they're like, what? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man, this is, that's great. I feel like that's something I should <laughs> that start is doing so randomly. Great. I'm just going to start randomly rolling around and just waiting for people to quote movies back to me. I'm just going to quote movies and just see what happens. Like, I feel like the next time I see somebody, I'm just going to be like, everything floats down here and just wait for someone to respond. <laughs> <laughs> just, don't do yeah, it man like, I do it all the time and I just get met with nothing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like that's a pretty mainstream reference I just made none of y'all got that Play, do you all know right, what they call whatever. a quarter pounder in France <laughs> <laughs> no. what do they call they, they don't call it a quarter pounder no isn't it a, a royale uh, yeah quarter like, no, they, is... they don't royale? Know, they got the metric system out there they don't know what the fuck a quarter that's pound right. is <laughs> They call it the Royale with cheese. <laughs> Jeez, that's what it is. But and we'll pick, and we'll big, pick up on a Big Mac, all right? They just call it Le Big Mac. I'm gonna go on yeah. now. Let's just <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, and we'll latch on to some even like a mainstream movie like The Hunger Games. We'll latch mm. on to some ridiculous line, and we'll just we'll just throw it out there at the most random times. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the Hunger Games? I've Have seen. You? I've seen when you guys do this. So yes. Okay. So there's a line in there where Katniss is sort of, you know, it's the beginning where she's trying to show how tough she is, and they haven't quite mm-hmm. started the games yet, and she stabs this knife into the table, and um, Effie, one of her handlers, mm-hmm. you know, makes the mm-hmm. comment, "That's mahogany," and so mm-hmm. we just any time. We see something, even a knife in a movie being flung or anything. <laughs> or we see it out and about in the real world. We're like, that's mahogany. And people are like, what the hell are they talking about? Look at you like, what is going on yes. over there? It's like, it's, that's it's not even an important, you know, line in the movie, but we love it. No, yeah. actually, it's, I can totally relate because... Uh, like, anytime that my daughter, we're watching wrestling, if someone takes, like, a really bad bump, and I'm just like, oh, all of a sudden I just hear, <laughs> and she, like, puts the three symbol up, and I'm like, yo. <laughs> She's like, zone three. And I'm like, yes, yes, Carol. <laughs> zone three. <laughs> so, yeah, my daughter is a little version of me. Like I said, I do feel bad a little bit, because... 
she's I've made her socially unacceptable like myself. <laughs> I I think that means you just made her one of the cool kids. But, oh, you well. Know. Just, well, I'm I'm <laughs> still a... trying to convince her of that. She doesn't believe it quite, yet, but <laughs> Uh like Cliff was saying, I'm sure she'll appreciate it when she's older. I Definitely. you know. Much 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 older. <laughs> <laughs> She's All still right. waiting so, for the Yeah, she's she's still waiting to to get that appreciation. Alright, so oh man, this episode this might be our longest episode to date. Right, Clifford? Yeah, we're right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, so we're gonna I would love to just stay and chat all night. Believe me, I would. This is so much fun. <laughs> Ella, we're going to have to have you back on the show at some point in the future so that we can just we can just keep talking and talking. I'm sure you're going to have projects in the future to talk about, and you're going to have more stories because uh, I know you don't you have a <laughs> you're doing a show, a book show soon, aren't you? Well, it's not till July, but you know me. I like to prepare in advance. Just got my banner today. Yep. All right. So we'll yeah, we'll definitely have to have you on sometime sometime later this year. Well, or, hopefully, you know, hopefully by then. Later. Hopefully by then, Toro Canyon will be out. At least the first yes. two books in the series. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. I, I'm going to keep hounding you until you start. All I know right? everybody At else least is until hounding. you start. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's start wrapping this up because Cliff, I know it's it's super late over there where you're at. So uh, before we end the show and before we start, you know, plugging our social media and everything else, I want to give a shout out to a uh, friend of the show, Savannah Meyer. Uh, she recently had some uh, medical uh, complications. She's doing fine. She's doing fine. She's recovering right now. But I just want to give a shout out to her. And everybody send her all your positivity, thoughts, and prayers, if that's your thing. Uh, you know, just let her know that you're, you know, you're rooting for to, to, to get better. And she, she recently had to miss working on a film that she was really excited to work on, and that's never a good thing. Oh, so, the, no, that's not good. Yeah. Well, I hope she's so doing hope, better. Yeah, we all hope that she's doing better, and, you know, we just want her to, you know, get back out there. I want to put that out there before we wrap this up. So, all right. Uh, oh. Miss Ella Dominguez, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. And I Thank genuinely you. we have to have you uh, on the show again because this was so much fun. Yes. Thank you guys <laughs> for having Thank you for having me and letting me sort of just, you know, talk too much. Oh, yeah. Oh, like I said, anytime. Like, this is the kind of thing me and Cliff love. Like, we'll just ramble on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, we so, do it all the time. Uh, why don't you? Yeah. So why don't you tell people where they can find you online uh, and how they can get your, your books? Uh, yeah, so I'm on Amazon just under Ella Dominguez and General. You can find all my books. Uh, I've got a few books on iTunes and Barnes and & Noble. I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and my username is Ella underscore Dominguez. And uh, my fan page on Facebook is The Art of Submission, which is – was the title of my very first published book so hopefully it's you know your cup of tea if not you know i've got a few what i consider sweet romances but uh you know hopefully it's something you like if not there are plenty of other uh indie authors give a chance that's right that's right so you heard it uh go give her a follow uh throw some likes her way read a book all right like i said even if it's not your <laughs> cup of tea 
read it for her prose at least all right because the prose is good <laughs> uh clifford go ahead and uh tell people where they can find you yeah so you guys can find me actually right here on frank and culture uh with nerds of the round table frankensteiner as well as get the ko so we are dropping all those shows this week uh, and then on social media, you guys can find me on Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter under CM underscore Miller 85. That's right. You heard him. Uh, go give him a follow. Throw some likes his way. Listen to Get the KO, Frankensteiner, uh, all that stuff. Send some love. Uh, I am Antonio Padilla. You can find me on Twitter at Tron Pilgrim. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Snapchat at Tron Pilgrim 87. And you can always uh, find me here on Nerds of the Roundtable on anchor.fm slash nerds. And uh, once again, shout out to Franken Culture. And that's going to do it for this episode of Nerds of the Roundtable. This has been uh, our second installment in the Secret Origins uh, series. And uh, we might have another surprise episode for you very soon so keep an eye out for keep an ear out for that yeah all right nerds you know what to do uh you can find us here same nerd time same nerd channel have a good night